Hello, I'm Hilary Walker. I'm Associate Pastor of Oxford Bible Church. Today I want to tell you a wonderful story. There was a wealthy man and his son. He loved his son dearly. And they really loved to collect rare works of art. Uh, from Rembrandt, um, Picasso to Raphael. And they'd often sit together and they'd admire these beautiful works of art. But when the Vietnam conflict broke out, his son had to go to war. And he was a very courageous young man, but he died in battle. And he died rescuing another soldier. And the father was notified of his death, and he was absolutely devastated. And he grieved and he grieved for his only son. And about a month later, just before Christmas, there was a knock on his door, and he opened the door, and there was a young man standing there who he'd never seen in his life before. And the young man said, Sir, you don't know me, but I'm the soldier that your son died. He gave his life for me. He saved many lives that day, and he was rescuing me, carrying me to safety when he got shot through the heart, and he died instantly. And he often had talked about you and your love of art and his love of art. And the young man held out this large packet to the father and he said, I know this isn't much, I'm, I'm not a great artist, but it's a picture of your son and I think your son would want you to have this. The father opened the package and there was the beautiful face of his son looking at him out of the painting. And he stared in awe because he was amazed at the way the soldier had captured the character of his son, but especially the eyes. He was absolutely drawn to the eyes of his son. And as he looked into the eyes of his son, his own eyes welled up with tears. He thanked the young man. He said, thank you so much. And he offered to pay for it. But the young man said, oh, no, sir. No, I can never repay what your son did for me. It's, it's a gift. And the father hung his, uh, this wonderful painting over the mantelpiece. And everyone who came to his house, first of all, he'd say, oh, look, look at this picture. This is my son, my, my beloved son. And... Um, he, then he would show them the great works of art that he had collected. Anyway, the man died a few months later, and there was a great auction, and uh, uh, it was to be of the paintings. And many influential people gathered there, art collectors, art dealers, and they were so excited over all these amazing pictures that had been painted by very famous people. And they were so excited at the thought of purchasing one of these um, paintings for their collection, and on the platform sat the painting of the sun. And uh, the auctioneer, he started the auction and he pounded his gavel. And he said, we will start the bidding with a picture of this sun. Who will bid for this sun? Absolute silence. The back of the room um, came a voice shouting, um, we want to see the famous paintings. Skip this one. But the auctioneer persisted. Will someone bid for this painting? Will someone start the bidding? Uh, 100 pounds, 200 pounds. And then there was another voice shouting angrily from the back. We didn't come to see this painting. We came to see the Van Goghs and the Rembrandts. Get on with the real bids. But the auctioneer continued. 
the sun, the sun, who will take the sun? Finally, a voice came from right at the back of the room. Uh, it was the gardener who had worked for the man who had died. For, he'd worked for him many, many, many years. And he called out, I'll give ten pounds for the painting. And you know, that was all he could afford. It was his everything. He was a poor man. And the auctioneer said, we have ten pounds. Who will bid me twenty pounds for this picture? And someone shouted out, give it to him for ten pounds. Let's see the masters. And the auctioneer said, ten pounds is the bid. Won't someone bid twenty pounds? The crowd became so angry now. And they wanted um, to, to get rid of the picture of the sun. They didn't want it. And they wanted to spend their money on more worthy pictures, more famous pictures for their collections. Anyway, the auctioneer pounded his gavel. He said, going once, going twice, sold for 10 pounds to the man at the back. And um, everyone said, he said, I'm sorry, the auction is over. And everyone said, well, what about the paintings? And he said, I am sorry, but when I was called to um, conduct this auction, I was told of a secret stipulation in the will. And this stipulation said that I was not allowed to reveal this stipulation till right now. Only the painting of the sun would be auctioned, and whoever bought the painting of the sun would inherit the entire estate and all the pictures the art pictures. The man that has the sun has everything. You see, God gave his son 2,000 years ago to die on a cruel cross. His beloved son, the apple of his eye, the love of his heart, to die on that cruel cross. And much like the auctioneer, God's message today is, the son, my son, who will take my son. Because you see, whoever gets the son gets everything. And we see in the Bible, God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. And he who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him give us all things freely? And I wanted to show you um, a box. Forgive me. Jafari, could you bring that box to me? Thank you very much. Jafari did not expect to be on this TV. And this is a very, very special box. And at Christmas time, we remember that Christ is in Christmas. Thank you very much indeed. And here I have the box. This is Jesus Christ, God's present to us. You know, people have taken Christ out of Christmas and just left us with Mass. Jesus is the reason for the season. And in this beautiful box, it's got a label that has your name on it. And as Jafari brought it to me and I received it, mine. I have Jesus. What else do I have in Jesus? I have these wonderful things. Oh, eternal life forever. 
I have forgiveness. All my sins washed away in the blood of Jesus. I have prosperity. People think that we're meant to be very poor, but God has given us prosperity in Christ Jesus. And then we have peace. I have peace in my heart. Jesus Christ is my peace. What else do we have here? <gasps> protection. I have God's protection. My home, my family, I am protected through the mighty power of God, through Jesus Christ. Ability. Oh, I have God's ability. I can do all things through Christ, who continually strengthens me with his power. And then we have here, health. And this is what I'm going to focus on right now. Health and healing. This is 1 Peter 2, 24. You see, these are stamped, paid in full by Jesus Christ. All the blessings of God are in his son, Jesus Christ. Every blessing is in Christ Jesus. And healing, we're going to focus on this. And it's physical healing that I want to talk about in Christ Jesus. Even though the blessing is ours, I still have to come to the Father and I have to receive. As I received the box from Jafari, I received the gift of healing. I had to believe that Jafari wanted me to have it. And then I could receive it. Then I could open it. And we open the Bible and we see all the wonderful things that God has given unto us. And in Mark 11, chapter 24, um, Jesus says, he bears this out when I say that healing belongs to us, but we have to come and ask for it. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive, and you will have them. Believe that you receive them, and you will have them. We need to be good receivers. This is what I ask of you today. Relax. Be a good receiver. You know, we might desire whatsoever you desire. So desire by itself is not enough because Jesus didn't say whatsoever you desire, you have. He said whatever you, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, you have to ask. Ask God. But you know, even that's not enough. You need to believe that you receive. You believe that God loves you, that you can receive this wonderful gift of eternal life, of healing for your physical body. Now, how can we have that absolute confidence? Well, the answer is in the, what Jesus Christ did on the cross. What people saw in the physical was just a fraction of what was happening in the unseen realm in the spiritual realm. And we go to Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 and 5. And it says, Surely he has borne our sicknesses. In your Bible you might see griefs, but you know the Hebrew word koli actually means sickness, weakness, infirmity. Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried, carried away our sorrows. 
That's probably in your translation. But that word makob means physical pain. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God. Verse 5, but he was wounded for his transgressions? No, our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. You know when we sin on purpose? Our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace, for our um, peace with God, our reunion with God, our peace of mind, our peace of heart. Now the chastisement that was necessary, that whipping that was laid on Jesus, it was necessary for us. It was laid upon him. And by his stripes, do you know the word is really stripe? Because the Romans had this horrendous whip that actually had, uh, it had metal and leather. The leather would bruise and the metal would rip the flesh out. And there were about sort of three of three of these and they would strike the person viciously and ferociously 39 times not enough to kill but enough for them almost to bleed to death by his stripes we are healed it means healing is to us now let's see what the Holy Spirit's interpretation of this um, I'd like you to turn to Matthew chapter 8 and we start at verse 16. And it says, oh, sorry, verse 15, Jesus had healed Peter's mother-in-law. Verse 16, when evening came, they brought to him many who were under the power of demons. He drove out the demons with a single word. And he healed all who were sick. All who came to him, Jesus healed them. Jesus is God's will in action. And uh, let's look at 1 Peter 2.24. And he says, Who himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live unto righteousness, by whose stripe you were healed. That's you. You were healed. And you see, in Mark 11.24, Jesus says that um, whatever things you desire, so you might desire something, um, and it might be yours, it's paid for, but you still have to receive. You have to come to the Lord and receive. And Jesus said, look at this, he says, believe, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. When you pray, believe that you receive them. You believe in what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you. It's a legal document. It's legally yours. Don't let anyone steal it from you. And so I'm remembering at Christmas time as a child, I used to get so excited. And I couldn't wait to un unwrap all my presents that were around the Christmas tree that my parents had bought me. I, kn I knew and I was secure in my parents' love. And I would rush down and I would open, tear open my presents. And do you know there wasn't one time when I picked a present up and I, and I said, oh, have I been good enough? Have I been a naughty girl? Maybe my parents don't love me enough. Maybe, maybe it's meant to be for my brother and not for me. But it had my name on it, Hillary. I never once thought that, you know. 
And I'm sure your children, it never even occurs to them had they been good enough. I took the present and I ripped it open. I unwrapped it and I rejoiced and I used it. It was mine and nobody was going to take it from me. Healing is mine and I'm not going to let anyone take it from me. And I used it and I owned it. And sometimes, you know, it is difficult to receive our healing because there are these voices in the back of your head and sometimes you're not really conscious of it. And these voices are kind of saying that you, you don't deserve it, you're not good enough. And um, it's so sad because it steals our confidence in God. And I want to tell you this wonderful story of blind Bartimaeus. This is in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. And so Jesus and, and his disciples, they come to Jericho, and as they're leaving with his disciples and a great multitude of people, this Bartimaeus, the blind beggar, and he was sitting by the roadside. Can you imagine him sitting there and he hears, he hears a noise and he hears lots of people and he, he cries out and he says, what's happening? What's happening? Tell me what's happening. And they say, oh, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And so he said, oh, please take me, take me to him. But nobody hears. They're all excited about Jesus coming, but they haven't got time for this old blind beggar man. And in those days, they believed that if you had a disability, it was because of your sin. And so he, 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 all he could do was to shout out. He, he wasn't quite sure where Jesus was, and he was shouting out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many severely censured and reproved him. What a beautiful way of saying what they did. They said, shut up, you old beggar man, be quiet. And they reproved him, and they told him to keep still. You know, just your nuisance, just shut up. Because that's what they were saying, shut up. But, praise God, he kept on shouting all the more. He wouldn't allow them to deprive him. He was desperate. Blessed are the desperate. And he kept shouting all the more, you son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. And he told the people, call him. And they said, oh, come. They were very nice to him now that the master wanted him. Take courage, come up. He's calling you. He threw off his outer garment and he leaped up and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said the most remarkable thing. He, he asked him a question. He said, what do you want me to do for you? Do you think, is that not obvious? I am blind. But Jesus wanted him to be specific. And the blind man said to him, Master, let me receive my sight. Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has healed you. At once he received his sight and he accompanied Jesus on the road. Jesus wants us to be specific. Jesus says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them, them things you desire. And so when you want to be here, be specific for what you want the healing for. And so there are these negative voices that come to you. 
just like Bartimaeus, he was such a tremendous example of not allowing other people's opinions and low opinion of him to get in the way. He wanted Jesus of Nazareth. He heard Jesus of Nazareth's heels. I want him. And God says in Christ Jesus, you have him. You have the healing that you desire. And you see, as we said, God, God's idea is healing. As we said in Isaiah chapter 53, that he has borne our sicknesses and he's carried away our pains. But he was bruised for our iniquities. By his stripe we are healed. That it, the, the Holy Spirit said this was fulfilled what was prophesied in Isaiah, which was that scripture. And then Peter, looking back at the cross, says, by whose stripes you are healed. Let me return to blind Bartimaeus. You see, he heard about Jesus coming. You are hearing about Jesus and how he heals right now. And he called out, faith has a voice. You must have a voice. Did you know that your voice is your address? God hears your voice, and that's where you are. And you see, if your voice won't move your lips and your mouth, how can your voice move a mountain? It must move your mouth. And blind Bartimaeus was calling out again and again and again. He wouldn't take no for an answer. And he cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. We have to call out to God. Yes, it's ours. Jesus has paid for it in full. But we have to come and ask for it. Call out for it. And he had to overcome the negative voices. The crowd tried to stop him. And when we call out to God for healing, we have to overcome the negative thoughts that come, they're kind of sort of a bit nebulous in the back of your mind. And it's like, shut up, you're a sinner. You haven't been good enough. You don't deserve it. You're not worthy. How about this one? God is angry with you. I want to tell you something. Imagine that above you is the great Atlantic Ocean. And that represents God's wrath stored up for generation after generation after generation after generation. Past, present, and future. God's wrath. He's a righteous God. He has to punish sin. And it's all stored up there. And 2,000 years ago on the cross, when Jesus was on the cross, and he got, asked God, to, to have pity, to, to pardon, to forgive. He laid himself open and he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In that moment, God had poured all his wrath onto his beloved son, the apple of his eye, all the wrath that was due to me, that was due to Pastor Derek, that was due to my brother, that was due to my grandfather, that was due to you. All that wrath was poured onto Jesus Christ. Is God angry with you? Absolutely impossible for God to be angry with you. He loves you. Jesus has paid the price. He loves your body. He wants to heal your body. Would you believe more than you want it to be healed? 
and healing is yours now if you would receive by faith call out to God it says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved so many Christians have suffered torments they've suffered loss because they've believed that God is angry with them yes when you sin when I sin don't run away from God run straight to him because 1 John 1 9 says that if we confess our sins God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins not just that but to cleanse us wipe out to cleanse us from all unrighteousness is God angry with you no it's impossible for God to be angry with you he loves you you're the apple of his eye you're in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus is in you you belong to God Jesus has taken all that wrath call out your faith your voice your faith must have a voice and that's your address call out when blind Bartimaeus called out Jesus called out to him and said come don't allow those voices to stop you it didn't stop Bartimaeus let's pray together it says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be healed so so that word means healing as well so we're going to pray father God dear Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus I believe that Jesus has paid the price for my healing I am your child in your word you say all who call upon the Lord shall be saved and that includes healing like blind Bartimaeus Heavenly Father I cry out to you in Jesus name have mercy on me heal me Lord heal me in my head in my body all over my body put your hand where you need healing and say father God in Jesus name heal me and now I receive my healing by faith I thank you for healing me healing is mine in Jesus name thank you father now be determined keep the switch of faith turned on